0: Hey, everyone. Welcome back. It's John Clark. I'm a licensed therapist, group practice owner, and a coach for uh, therapists in private practice. And I'm excited to be back with you today. Quick change of plans. Uh, Our guest, Casey Compton, had to reschedule. No worries. That just means you're stuck with me for a solo episode, which we haven't done one in a while. So um, why not? You know, it's a good time to do that. Exciting news over here at Private Practice Workshop. Um, Just twice a year, we open the doors to our Business Made Human Mastermind program. And that time is now. We just opened the doors to Business Made Human today, actually. Today, Tuesday, July 26. You can transform your business from anxious, best guessing, to being profitable and purpose-filled. This business, uh, this this mastermind program is, is designed to help you get clear on who you are, where you want your business to go, and then we help you get there. It's going to come down to helping you craft a vision for your life and business, and then um, guiding you along the way to making that happen, and helping you get unstuck. All, doing all of that um, in the, the context of a community. We meet every single week for an hour in the mastermind group. You also get access to unlimited coaching with me via my regular office hours where you can just come get help anytime you need it. We're also going to have a particular focus this semester on two things, finance and HR, <laughs> finance and working with people. Now, if you're a group practice owner, this has particular interest to you, given that these are really um, the two big pain points for group practice owners. So we're going to have a particular focus on those areas this semester, and we're even going to bring in some guest speakers, uh, some guest experts coming in from um, a very well-known accounting agency for therapists and a very well-known HR agency for therapists. So really exciting stuff. Uh, All you have to do is go to privatepracticeworkshop.com, click on Business Made Human. You're going to book a call with me and um, we're going to see if you're a good fit for the program and get you started. So that's that's what's coming up. privatepracticeworkshop.com, click on Business Made Human, or just click the link in the description of this episode. Today we're talking about how to Um, create your vision for your business. This is a really important step, a step that a lot of people will skip. And uh, just earlier this week, I was sitting down with one of my coaching clients and she was feeling pretty lost. Uh, She owns a a group practice in a large city, has a lot going on, and I could sense some ambivalence about where it's all going. Um, As the business was growing, lots more problems grew with it. As you hire more people, more more problems and complexities um, show up in the business. And so what do we do about it? Um, well, yes, we fix those problems when we can and as they arise, but we also go back to our vision. What do we want and where is this all going? Without it, you're just operating blind. It's like having no GPS, no roadmap for the journey. And what a journey it is, huh? So in this episode, I'm going to be walking you through some very specific questions that I want you to ask yourself to create the vision for your business and your life. Pretty exciting stuff, huh? If you're here live on YouTube, go ahead and start asking your questions in the comments or ask them as they arise and I will answer them here live on the show. Vision question number one, who do you want to serve? Who do you want to serve? Now, if you're a solo practitioner, maybe you already have a pretty good idea of who you want to help. Female veterans with trauma. Right? Angry Teenage Boys. Whoever it is. Who do you want to serve? You should be very connected to this um, particular person or type of person with a very particular type of problem. Right. Now, if you're a group practice owner, who does the group practice serve? And who do you serve personally? Maybe you see yourself as you know serving the clinicians in your in your group, right? serving, guiding, mentoring the clinicians in your group. So again, who do you serve or who does the business serve? Number two, uh, a little more practical here. What is the exact schedule that you want to work? And I want you to think about a weekly schedule, also a yearly schedule. So weekly, you know, maybe it's Monday through Thursday, 11 AM to 5 PM and taking off one month, you know, every single summer, a consecutive month every summer so that you can do blank and blank and blank. So your, you know, your, your vision, you should also have layers, same thing with your goals. I want to work this schedule so that I can pick up my child three days a week from school so that I can do yoga on Thursdays so that I can pursue my creative work on Wednesdays so that I can find balance, so that I can take care of myself. You want to have layers to your goals, right? Into your vision. Otherwise, it's cool to take time off, right? Or to design things around your lifestyle, your ideal schedule, all that good stuff. But then what are you gonna do with it? If you don't have a plan for that time, you're just gonna get home and check your work email and sit there on Slack and just wait for the next crisis to happen, right? So you really have to think about the layers Next question. Number three, how do you want to feel? So think about uh, maybe a time where you've had a really good day at work, a really good week, and you step back and you think, wow, I feel good, right? What are those things you feel? Calm, peaceful, satisfied? Maybe you feel a sense of mastery. Maybe you feel a sense of uh, adventure. A sense of excitement in your business. You really like excitement. You like doing course launches and podcasts and big things or uh, writing a book every year and doing a big launch and a book tour. Who knows what? How do you want to feel? Right? Do you want stability? Do you want predictability in your business? Do you want a business with less surprises? Right? Something really straightforward. You want to see 10 clients a week and have nothing else, you know, 10 clients a week in a solo practice and that's it. You want to make 10 grand a month with those 10 clients whatever it is we're going to get to money don't don't you worry question number four exactly how much money do you want to make in a dream scenario how much money do you need to make absolute necessity and again i should have said at the beginning you know the point of this exercise when you're thinking about your vision is to let yourself daydream you might even take these questions and just kind of meditate on them by going for a long walk If you're like me, you go surfing, maybe you go for a long bike ride, maybe you do yoga and just let yourself, you know, kind of sit with these questions. How much money do you want to make? So start with that daydream and think. If I could just let myself daydream, the sky's the limit, right? No limitations. How much money do I wanna make and how would that change my life? It would let me buy a house or buy this particular house or take this time off or help my family or give back or start a nonprofit. Or it would help me feel successful. I would feel like a success if I made this amount of money. I don't necessarily recommend that. <laughs> it's a very limited metric, but uh, could be one of a handful of metrics, right? How much money do you need to make? So think about for your household and you would want to sit down with your partner or whoever and really figure out how much money do we need to make to be okay, to cover our expenses, retirement, college for the kids, whatever it is in your budget, think about that that amount. So then maybe if you have your net amount, you can maybe add 30, 35% in order to get your gross amount. And then you say, wow, okay, I need a gross 15K a month in my practice so I can net 11 or net nine or whatever. If you live in a lovely state like California, like me, um, whatever it might be, you wanna think about that. Again, layers and layers and layers to your goals. How is this money gonna change your life? How much money do you want to make? How much money do you need to make? Really all this is helping you figure out, You know, how do you define success? Which is a huge question and one that I come back to a lot in, in this work in helping therapists. Last question. Number five is what is your unique zone of genius And how can you spend 80% of your time here? So take a second to write down the things that you are really, 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 really good at, that you have some degree of brilliance in, right? Some degree of mastery. Maybe you experience psychological flow when you're doing these things. For a lot of you, it's doing therapy, right? It's in session. It's what you're best at. It's what got you to the dance. Maybe it's public speaking. Maybe it's leading clinicians. Maybe it's teaching. Maybe it's writing articles in academia. Who knows? When you're in that state of flow and you feel that sense of mastery, you want to design your business and your life around that. And you want to be spending as much as possible 80% of your time doing that. So the other 20% doing annoying things like talking to your accountant and taxes and scheduling and CPT codes or whatever, right? But we really want to design this thing to where your gifts are best leveraged in your practice. Now you go work at an agency. You know, your gifts are probably not really well leveraged. They weren't for me. I was writing assessments and paperwork and going to IEP meetings and stuff that I was terrible at because I'm a pretty bad case manager. Joke's on them, right? Um, But I'm really good at relationships, right? Really good at therapy. Really good at helping people. Really good in session. I'm good in crises, right? I'm good at handling a crisis. So, you know, you want to be leveraged doing mostly that stuff. Put this on a piece of paper, return to it all the time, and then you can think about what do you want to do with it now, right? So in in our case, you know, something I learned from Kelly Higdon years ago, so thank you, Kelly, is the four quadrants where basically you're going to take that vision and put it on a piece of paper or a Word doc, ideally, like a Google doc, where you have four quadrants. Top left is five years, and then top right is one year bottom left is next one to three months, bottom right is this week. So you're crafting out the vision, right? Where do I wanna be in five years? Where do I wanna be in one year? And then what am I gonna do in the next one to three months to make that happen? What do I need to do this week to make it happen? That's how you kind of organize your vision. And, and really it turns into like a productivity tool so you can figure out exactly what to, to focus on next. I look at my four quadrants like every single day. Otherwise, I don't know what I'm doing here, you know? Hear those questions again, especially if you're just joining us. Questions, so identify your vision for your business. One, who do you want to serve? Two, what exact schedule do you wanna work? Three, how do you wanna feel? Four, exactly how much money do you want to make or how much do you need to make by necessity? Number five, what is your unique zone of genius and how can you spend 80% of your time every week here? If you do that you know you're going to be on your way to success and a lot of this stuff will just come naturally you know it's you're going to be in your zone of genius helping people when you're helping people you can you're adding value to society you can sell your your products and services for more because they're more valuable you're happier you have more purpose in your life and business you're less stressed you're less burned out the key to happiness Then you got to go do it right vision without implementation is just hallucination that's one thing to have the vision but then you got to go do it and you got to stick to it for 12 months at a time i'm going to start taking questions here so please feel free to add them in the chat first question from miles he says do you have any tips on how a graduate student can prepare or structure his vision for creating and developing a private practice. Yeah, I love this question, Miles. And I love, you know, there's a lot of you grad students here on YouTube who follow me here, which is which is nice and really interesting. Um, I love that you're getting ahead of it. I love when graduate students get ahead of this stuff. Now in grad school, really it it, you know, the big part of it starts when you finish and when you can go accrue hours or open your business or whatever it might be. But for now, you can still work on this vision. You know, you can still answer these questions. The thing is, it's a living, breathing document, so it can and will change and grow with you. That's the point. My vision changes all the time. I get clear on what I want. I achieve it, so I wipe it away, whatever it is, right? So you can go and do this. Who do you want to serve, right? Out of the clinical work you've done so far and out of the dream you have, who do you want to help? Put it on paper, right? How much do you want to work when you're in your private practice? How much do you want to make? It's like your vision board, right? This is just you allowing yourself to dream. How do you want to feel in this work? You know, what's your zone of genius? You're figuring that out through graduate school. So really, I would just say the steps are kind of the same. You're going to keep with it. And um, maybe, you know, in terms of four quadrants, you start looking at tasks you can do while in graduate school. Go ahead and start learning about Squarespace so you can build a website or WordPress. Start building your website. Watch a bunch of YouTube videos about how to do copywriting. Um go read the story brand books. You can learn how to sell stuff, right? How to how to create copy through story. Um, you're doing it right now by learning about business with me. Learn some financial essentials, right? What is cash flow? Net profit, gross profit, what's a balance sheet, profit and loss, all the stuff your grad school professors don't know about and aren't telling you about. <laughs> this is why my job exists. So I should really be thanking them, right? Thank you guys. Only slightly better, you know. <laughs> I'm just bitter that we don't do more of this stuff while you're in graduate school. Whereas, family friend who's a dentist got a lot of business training in graduate school, at least some, you know. So just get started. Just immerse yourself. You know, I I, re- I would read Story Brand. I would read um, Blue Ocean Strategy. It's about marketing. I would read uh, The Everyday MBA. It's a great book on like business essentials the everyday mba is a really great book i would read profit first you read those four books you're going to be head and shoulders above most people when you leave graduate school and understanding like some business essentials so that's what i would do if i were you 80 percent of your, your work and your focus is, and training is on clinical work which makes sense set aside 20% of your time each week to focus on learning business, just treat it like a business degree or like a, you know, a minor, you're, you're, you're minoring in business, creating your own minor. That's what I would do. I didn't start studying this stuff until I actually got into the field. And I was starting my first practice. And I was like, Oh, my goodness, I don't know anything, right? So I was building a website, learning about money, marketing, Google ads, pricing, stuff like that, insurance. major opportunity that you're getting ahead of it just start start going start taking away you know two hours a week read business books and that's going to be something he says i'll definitely start now rather than waiting for that chapter in life and trying to tackle everything all at once yeah exactly because once you get out you know you're gonna be so focused on just trying to make money and get your hours that it's gonna be hard to switch back into that learning or study mode so you're already in student mode you know just tack on an hour two times a week to your study sessions where you're just studying a business book, right? Watching our YouTube videos, taking a course, you know, reading any of those books I just mentioned. Great question. Um, more questions. I am ready for them. And so is the dog in the background. If you can hear him, um, he's hungry for him. You can, that's why he's barking like that. Um, yeah, I I hope this was helpful. You know, um, we'll mention again. Right now, we just opened doors to business made human. It's my weekly mastermind program. We have one group for solo practitioners, one group for group practice owners. Big focus this semester is on finance and on people. You know, how to hire, train, manage, supervise people. How to build it and grow a team. You can learn more. Link in the description or privatepracticeworkshop.com. Click on business made human to book a call with me. Uh, the spots always fill pretty fast, so. ahead and jump in there i'll take a few more questions before we wrap up so make sure to ask them in the chat miles says um when did switching over from private practice to group practice feel right to you and why did you make that switch great question thank you miles for uh humoring me here with questions (laughs) he's like let me just help this guy out we appreciate it when did i make the switch from solo to group practice well the first time i did it was back in charlotte north carolina Um, this was my second practice in Charlotte. So my first practice here in San Francisco, solo practice. And then I left, went to Charlotte and I knew pretty early I wanted to try it. I wanted to try group practice, get my feet wet. I had an interest in leading people. I had already led people and managed people at, at a nonprofit. Um, so I figured I could do it and I'm pretty savvy with the business stuff. So I figured I could do it. I also am really good at marketing. So I guess I'm pumping myself up today. Um, You know, know your strengths, right? (laughs) And your weaknesses. (laughs) I have a lot of weaknesses too, Um, but we're not going to talk about those today. That'll that'll be another episode. I I knew that I wanted to help more people. I knew that I like business. I like the idea of growing a team and being a leader. I was really good at marketing, so I knew I could fill those people up. So I did that, you know, created the website. It's called Charlotte Counseling and Wellness it's grown to be quite big since then, since I sold it in 2019. Uh, and I just went for it. I hired one clinician very quickly, a little impulsively, but turned out well. And this person did a wonderful job, was a great clinician, got full fast, and then replicated that and continued to hire. Um, I like leading. I also like teaching, you know, now in our practice, we really have a focus on teaching. It's almost like a teaching practice mostly pre-licensed people we do a lot of supervision and training bringing in consultants we're pretty niche practice around emdr so um yeah i enjoy it and i also enjoy you know not just trading time for money so it's a better leverage use of my time so many reasons to do it and also a million reasons to not do it i have a video about that in my channel here called you know, reasons why group practice owners fail or something, or reasons to not open a group practice. So, definitely check that out too for the other side of things, the not so sweet side of things. But you have to be in it, you have to be committed, you have to really like managing people. It's a lot more administrative work than ever. So, think about those things before you, you know, start hiring people. And then, if you do it, just get your feet wet and just hire one person and see how it goes, see if you like it and go from there. Another question. Thank you, guys. Um, uh, Michael says, uh, any tips on attracting therapists to join a private pay practice? The vision included highly skilled therapists since it's private pay. Yeah, and I would say, first of all, you know, I don't think private pay means more skilled necessarily, if that's what you're implying there. I think it's just a different business model. And also in urban markets, you know, being an insurance therapist doesn't really usually make sense that you're not going to make any money uh, generally. Now, how do you attract them to join a private pay practice? I think you get really good at marketing and you make it so that they can walk in and start getting clients right away. That's why I think they join a private pay practice. Otherwise, if they're going to join your practice and you're going to make them go market themselves and network and do this, go to the doctor's offices and whatever, why do it, right? A licensed therapist should, you know, join their own practice, start their own practice. A pre-licensed therapist, depending on your state, might need to be employed. So you know, you could you could do it that way, but you have to look at the whole package, right? We are you providing lots of training and consultation, and supervision, uh, great office space, great motivated clients, a very niche practice where they can grow in a particular niche. You have to think about your job listing like it's a sales page almost, right? And put together that that pitch, right? Mission, vision, values. Who are we? What do we believe? What are the values that guide our organization here? all those things are going to resonate with people or not resonate with people. And that's, what's going to attract or repel candidates for your practice. So there's a lot that goes into it. That's a great question. Thank you for humoring me. More questions. I'll hang out here. Hopefully this was helpful. You know, it's always good for me to go down memory lane a little bit and, and explain again to you guys how I got here and whatnot, you know, i've been helping therapists for a long time it's pretty crazy you know i started this business in like 2013 or 14 or something you know it was really small grassroots just helping therapists locally here in san francisco we held a free workshop in the san francisco public library with my friend abby and um and i really liked it I just fell in love with with this part too i love therapy but i also love helping therapists so really enjoy this side too i get to be creative in different ways than as a therapist but i like i like both and been helping therapists for years our two main programs here fully booked you know my flagship course on how to get clients consistently and then business made human a mastermind for creating a purpose driven practice and again those doors are open now privatepracticeworkshop.com click on business made human it's a six-month mastermind we meet every single week for an hour small group of uh uh you know, like-minded individuals and you get unlimited access to me in our office hours. So if you want my help? You want to get to that next level? Now's the time. Natalie said, just wanted to say, I follow you and I'm using your tips and they work. Well, Hey, what a testimonial. <laughs> Love it. Thank you, Natalie. That's really nice. And I do appreciate that. And I'm working on being better with compliments. <laughs> She's like, Hey, this guy's tips actually work. You know, they're not phony. Like, Thank you. <laughs> Yeah. I like to think I know what I'm doing by that. I mean, I do know what I'm doing and have helped a lot of therapists at this point, not to be boastful, but I have. And the more like any teacher, you know, the more students you have, the more you grow as a teacher and learn the biggest pitfalls of your students and how to help people avoid them. So we've helped hundreds of therapists through our different programs, our fully book course, our masterminds, uh, retreats, individual coaching, and through this channel, you know, through, youtube channel and through our podcast so I'm, I'm pretty grateful pretty grateful and a little sentimental you could say today so thanks for being along for the ride and i hope you've gotten some help out of this along the way and i enjoy this live component too i enjoy doing it on youtube we've built a great audience here so you guys are great we have a kind of a separate audience for podcasts so this audio will be on the podcast you know tomorrow morning basically or tomorrow afternoon and you can always subscribe there to itunes or spotify wherever you listen to podcasts so it's another great way to get the content but this is great too so i love the video element and the live element too so thanks for being here yeah fun stuff um if there's no other questions we'll go ahead and start wrapping up again the business made human doors are open now privatepracticeworkshop.com to book a call with me links are in the description as always today we talked about how to get clear on the vision for your business with five essential questions. Who do you serve? What schedule do you want to work? How do you want to feel? How much money do you want to make or need to make? And then what's your unique zone of genius and how can you spend 80% of your time there? Hopefully that's helpful. Hopefully you wrote those down really fast. and. Uh, <laughs> If you like stuff like this, again, being in Business Made Human will really help because this is our starting point for BMH. This is where we start is mission, vision, values, and then we build from there. But that vision is everything because that's our roadmap for me to then coach you on how to get there and what to do next and how to run the ads or write the copy or hire someone or fire someone, whatever it might be. So there you have it. Um, hope you guys got a lot out of this one today. And uh, thank you again for, um, for, for being here. Let's take a look at the schedule for next week's episode. To be determined. We don't have an episode scheduled <laughs> for now, but we're gonna we're gonna figure that out. So um, stay tuned. Keep an eye on on YouTube. Keep an eye on our email list to uh, to um to to see when the next episode will be. So thanks again for being here. Again, uh, my name is John Clark. It's been a fun one as always, and um, you know what? I'll just hit you with a little bit of music. I can do it i meant to do that in the beginning but i forgot my brain is fried it's late this is like my sluggish hour three o'clock that's why we're moving the podcast time to another time when my eyes don't look like this little music on your way out probably making my producer's job harder on the edit but uh but I like being a DJ, you know, I like feeling like a DJ, so. So there you have it. Thanks again for being here. See you guys next time. Take care.